few weeks out of the saddle. Same, you know, shithousery going on. Same three people on the pod. Bryce, Theo, and what's-his-face? Uh, yeah. As I told them before we started, I don't know what we're talking about. They're both smarter than I am. Theo, take the ball. Run with it. Um, all right, so we're about halfway through the season. Uh, I think I have like a list of 10 teams that I think are good. So that's a lot more than we had a couple of weeks ago when there was about three. So I think things are becoming a little clear and there's some teams that were a little bit out of it that I think can make a run. So I'm here to talk it out. What's like the questionable team? For you that's good um all right so i'll just go i did like a list of rankings so at the top you have the the eagles the bills the chiefs i would say are all like serious contenders then my extremely good at football tier is the dolphins the ravens the vikings uh i actually or no no i'm sorry I, I screwed that up the dolphins the ravens the niners and the cowboys and then a tier below that is like are we sure they're good and that's where you're seeing like the Vikings, the Titans, the Seahawks, and the Jets. And then I think like the Chargers, Bengals, and Giants are a little bit below that. And after that, I think we can kind of stop talking about teams. But those are the top 14 teams. We have 14 teams that make the playoffs. So that's who I'm willing to kind of narrow down this time of the year. Can I say one thing about the Cowboys before we like lose track of them? Yeah. Is it just me or did people say they were gonna be bad this year? Um yeah, that remember that first game like Sunday night football, they came out and they played the Bucks and they yeah. scored three points. Uh, yeah, the Buccaneers, that. the Buccaneers, you know, they have the least efficient rushing attack in the history of the NFL this year. They ran all over the Cowboys in week one. Like that was just a weird game. Like they could not stop Leonard Fournette, they could not score. So like, and then coming out of that game, it was like Dak's going to be out for a month. So I think nobody people, expected Cooper Rush to play that efficiently. That's yeah, that's people, a lie. I people guess. just people just buried them. But um, Michael Parsons, I think, has surpassed Aaron Donald at this point. Like that is the biggest defensive game wrecker in the NFL. Um, I, I like maybe he's not as good as Aaron Donald. But I'm just saying, as far as like wrecking games. Uh, single-handedly, nobody's doing that better than Micah Parsons at the moment. I don't know. Zach Wilson's getting up there. Is wrecking games for his team or like you just said game wrecker? You didn't say good or bad. <laughs> that's fair. That's like he—he's a chaotic quarterback. Yeah. One thing I will say about the Jets is I think they are quarterback away from actually doing some damage in in the AFC. Because they have a very talented and very deep roster. If they can get someone who can throw football good enough, they could really make the playoffs. So I, I you can go for it. I was I thought Wilson threw some good footballs on Sunday, but like he does not normally do that. Like no, that really shocked me how well he played. Yeah, I mean. It stinks because I'm sure you guys were going to turn to me for, you know, some good thought on the Jets and Zach Wilson. But I just, I really have no idea. Everything that's been said about him has already been said. 
There's no like new thoughts. There's no new opinion that I can change your mind one way or the other. You either think he's going to be something or you think he's bad already. Yeah, it's tough. I think you should know by the end of year two. Um, and we just don't know. And I don't, I don't so think slight. we know. And I think you can say that about a lot of QBs in this class, like, or in that class. Like, I think we're still unsure about Mac Jones. Uh, Trey Lance, literally no idea if he's good or not. Um, I think Justin Fields is finally starting to prove me right that he is good. Uh, and I would say Trevor Lawrence is pretty good. So, I, but I think outside of Lawrence and Fields, you have three enormous question marks about whether or not they're good quarterbacks. And we like this is usually the time when you kind of find out. So maybe in the next couple of weeks we get some answers. And with Zach and I, Wilson in particular, it's like you see the flashes, but then whatever the opposite of a flash is, like the dark spots are incredibly dark, like edge of the universe type, like bad things and the we didn't talk about it last week because obviously i was too lazy to do a podcast but um like the three interceptions he threw against the patriots i don't know why he couldn't just like throw it out of bounds instead of like that's the brett Favre, if you will the you know i gotta try to make something happen when there's nothing to be had so that's Josh like Allen annoying jets he, he, he makes plays that are so horrible but like his horrible plays you have to be really talented in order to make the horrible play yeah. It usually involves him like avoiding pressure and scrambling and like making a difficult like off-platform throw and like it goes terribly but like to even have like the talent base to like put himself in a position to make these like horrible decisions is like kind of impressive. So like I understand why you want to like move forward uh with the tools that he has which it just makes him a really tough evaluation. And for like I don't know, this may just be me, but like for a white Zach Wilson is like the most elusive quarterback I've ever seen. I don't know if that's just because I've watched him for like basically since his senior year, but he's like really good at that. And like you said, you know, to get to that level of chaos, you have to know kind of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Bryce, no, no thoughts. I mean, I said pretty much everything I want to say about, Zach Wilson, I think the jury's still out on him, but right now it's kind of leaning towards him having to be replaced. You know, everyone wants to go back and look towards the, you know, Josh Allen against the Patriots in his second year where he threw three picks and after that game finally started, you know, figure it out a little bit. But I don't think you can really compare that to Josh. Uh, so where are you guys at? Are you guys starting to see it with Fields? Like that—that's been my guy for two years. So I'm—I'm I'm really happy to see what I've seen the last three weeks. Like I the, think the consensus there. As we all know, I—I I was very high on Ian Book last year, so you know my <laughs> thoughts on quarterbacks probably is like poor. And then Brock Purdy this past year, and we all know how that's been going. <laughs> um, so I'm obviously not like some quarterback czar. So I go off of like what the team says between the lines. The fact that they traded a second round pick for Claypool shows me that the Bears actually like kind of believe in him, yeah. which is shocking. And I wouldn't have given up a second for Chase Claypool, but that's neither here nor there. So if the Bears see something like I obviously have to also agree with what their vision is for uh -huh. him. And it took them eight weeks. Like it took them eight weeks to start running design run plays 
with their quarterback who runs a sub four four forty. And now he's what he had like eighty yards rushing in the Washington game, like another eighty in the Patriots game, hundred ninety rushing yards a week ago. Like it took us, it took the Bears a year and a half to figure this out. Like this is, goes back to the point that NFL coaches are so dumb. And it's like it's not even like it's a new thing. In two thousand and twelve, Mike Shanahan was like, "Oh, RG three did really well with like this Baylor playbook. How about I?" an established like Super Bowl winning coach bring in this Baylor playbook and then it worked for one year and then you know the NFL is rigged so yeah, they then, forced him and to then what happened yeah and then they tried to make him a pocket a pocket passer and that you just you took away what he was good at and then we're like why is he not good anymore yeah like it, it's just the teams are so dumb sometimes yeah, and I think once you know they started to get Nikhil Harry back from his injury. They got Claypool is when you really got to see him improve as a passer too. Like you couldn't really see that too much when he was thrown to Darnell Mooney, Dante Pettis, Cole Komet, these kind of receivers. Once they started to get some more improvement there is when he started to show some growth. I'm pretty sure I said it before the year or something, but I definitely said something about like, it's not good when you're hoping Darnell Mooney is somebody for you. And, and the Bears finally realized that. Yeah, and he was half decent last year too, but I'm not going to go and throw all my chips into betting on him to help Justin Fields succeed. Yeah, if they can make a big move and like pay, like if you make, let's say, like Mooney a wide receiver two, Claypool wide receiver three, and now Komet's like the tight end or the fourth option in your offense with Khalil Herbert and with like a really good wide receiver one, it all comes together, but they're still missing that. I know nobody cares about other people's fantasy teams, but last week I played Cole Komet and, or played against Cole Komet in Joe Mixon. That was oh, just like, nice. I was like, how does somebody else in this league know who Cole Komet is? Why is he starting him? And why does he have like 18 points? And yeah, Jordan Col- Komet had, hadn't done anything all yeah. year like to be started. That's pretty wild. I would like I don't know how they knew who Cole Komet was. I thought I he really thought I was the only coin. one. Probably just flipped a coin between him and one other player. And then the the Joe Mixon thing that's just like totally different. I wasn't even able to watch any of the games on Sunday, and then I got like a notification. It's like Joe Mixon fourth touchdown of the first half. I was like fourth <laughs> first half. And yeah, so that was. And I, of course, I played T. Higgins in fantasy too, so that didn't help at all. Yeah. All right, Bryce, I'm going to give you some responsibility. Do you think you can handle it? It uh, depends on how big that responsibility is. Just like how Theo gave his thought, because I have nothing. What's your thought that you want to elaborate with the group? Can I? go to a head coaching debate here. Yes, as long as you keep us on track this time. Not like, you know, week one and the Martino four minutes that turned into just a disaster. <laughs> All right. What was that press conference with the uh, Colts the other day and Jeff Saturday? I Did anyone think... else see that? It was weird. I think this is tanking they don't have a single guy on their staff that has ever called an nfl play before 
and they're like just making Matt Ryan like spend the rest of the year in Cabo when clearly Sam Ellinger sucks. I think they might just be losing on purpose. If you if I want to give them credit for having a plan here. I mean, it that press conference, not to get off topic about the coaching staff, but that press conference was so bad that Jim Irsay was talking about he how he doesn't know how to make hot dogs, but he knows how to run an NFL franchise. I mean, that, you, no, that's not you, true. If you if you follow Jim Ursay's socials, like you that that guy is weird. Like yeah, he is really weird guy. If you've seen him on the Pat McAfee show one time, you know that. Like this dude was on like the FaceTime with Pat McAfee in literally a throne. Yeah, in Indianapolis, I, Indiana. Like, come on. <laughs> and he he's always posting like night out pictures with like just the reddest, like drunkest eyes I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like, I don't know. He was probably drunk or hungover after he hired Jeff Saturday out of ESPN to run an NFL franchise. Wait, so is that a real quote? I don't know how to make hot dogs, but I know how to run an NFL team. It was either hot it was, dogs it was or about, bacon it was, or something. I think it was sausages. He was like, I don't know sausages, how sausages yeah. made, but I do oh, know how okay. to build it. Okay, and then, yeah, that I and then he talked about how since 2000, there's an upper quartile of winners in the NFL. And then they're in the the Colts are in the upper quartile of the upper quartile of of winners, but they've won one Super Bowl, even though they had like 20 years of like all pro caliber quarterback play. Um, But that's next nor here, here nor there. Ripped Andrew Luck. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally ruined our beautiful boy, Andrew Luck. And this, this isn't like uh a shame on Indianapolis thing. This is just like what they the went from Peyton doing? Manning to tanking to Andrew Luck to now this. Like the luck eventually, no pun intended, was gonna run out. You know? That's, like that does a, not happen. Yeah, I that's why I think this might be a ploy to bottom out because they've done the like be okay and like try to get marginally better quarterback thing and it just doesn't but- work. How could you hope to get marginally better at quarterback when you're signing these 35-year-old quarterbacks like Philip Rivers and like Matt Ryan and a washed-up quarterback like Carson Wentz? I honestly <laughs> don't know why they moved on from Jacoby Brissett. Like, I really don't. I'm not even just He's saying better that. Than all those other quarterbacks. Well, each, yeah. each, one, each one, like, kind of – like because the, the play they were getting was terrible, so to move on made sense. But they just they just never had a good enough draft pick the draft one and then it's like what are your options like, like they this, just they got stuck in the middle of the nfl like in quarterback purgatory like the phil rivers for a year instead of jacoby and you know like a, another year with frank and like i don't i really don't get that yeah i didn't I, think frank rick was an issue in indianapolis either i no. thought there was a lot more deeper issues that they never fixed this week the, this offensive line sucks now. Like I Quinn Nelson might be like the offensive line like Albert Hainsworth equivalent. Like he got paid and he's not good anymore. It's weird. You watch him on film and he's just getting bull rushed. It's really wild to see. He did complete 180 from where he was two or three years ago. He he was the best offensive lineman in the NFL, like almost as a rookie. Like yeah. W- was looking like a Hall of Fame, like generational type of player. You could trade like a third round pick for him in Madden a few years ago. But that's just because Madden's like stupid. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I do think Frank Reich was given like a bad hand this year, and he was kind of made out to be the scapegoat because the rest of the team. And this is what I hate about all sports: like when the team doesn't perform well, the coach gets fired. Like Frank Reich has done nothing wrong his entire tenure there, yeah. and then he has literally one bad year. Last year wasn't his fault, like at all, because they lost Jacksonville. But like he has one bad year, and then they're like, "All right, yeah, let's bring in Jeff Saturday instead of him." <laughs> yeah, he was not the problem, but they needed somebody to blame. So, yeah, I know. I like. I'd like to see him be the uh, the Jags offensive coordinator next year and work with Doug Peterson again. Get Lawrence to take that next step. Like that intrigues me. Frank isn't a terrible coach either. Just a couple years ago, he was really succeeding with, you know, a terrible quarterback play. So I don't think he was at, you know, he wasn't the issue at all. Yeah, remember when they beat the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Chiefs in Kansas City? Yeah. They beat the Chiefs this year, too. uh, Nobody remembers that game. Nobody. Yeah, was it, was it week five or week six? I think it was like week three. Yeah, it was early. Really? Yeah, it was. It was a lot earlier. Did you guys see the same tweet I saw where it was like, okay, the Chiefs lost to the Colts and the Bills lost to the Jets. So now, like, they both got, like, their statement loss out of the way. Like, the Jets are like the Colts in any way this year. No, there's, like, there's, like, 15 teams in between the Jets and the Colts. Yeah. I I don't know. But then they they said it was because of the spread. Give me a break, dude. Okay. Um. All right. Here's something I want to talk about that I think you guys know more about than I do. Um. And I remember you said it a few weeks ago, Bryce, in the group chat, how you were concerned for Justin Herbert. Brandon Staley's so stupid, and I hate like saying <laughs> that over and over again, but like it's just true, and he just keeps proving it. I don't know what is going on with LA, but just a year ago, they were looking like they could be a fringe, like at the very least, AFC championship contender. Then they went and got Cleo Mack. They went and got JC Jackson. They upgraded this, what looked to be a really good team. And now he's just making Justin Herbert look like, I don't know, bottom for, you know, middle. Top 16 quarterback. The problem, though, is you get Khalil Mack, you get J.C. Jackson. They're stars. Big cap hit. But you you lose some stuff, like, in the in the margins of the roster. And, like, they you put the Chargers in a position where Rashawn Slater gets hurt early in the year, out for the season. Yeah. And you're looking at Storm Norton playing left tackle for you for the rest of the year. One of the worst players to play in the league this year. And that's just protecting Justin Herbert. And you're in a situation where Jalen Guyton's out for the year. And all of a sudden, one injury to Jalen Guyton, who, I mean, it's Jalen Guyton. But to this Chargers offense, with no Jalen Guyton, they have no semblance of a deep passing attack. They don't have anybody that can get down the field and get open. And then, uh, like, they kind of just got unlucky with, like, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being out. So it just, it looks pretty ugly. But, like, even when they come back, like, it's as weird as it's like without Jalen Guyton, they just, they can't stretch the field. Uh, they can't really pass protect. So what you have is quarterback with a huge arm, just 
checking the ball down and leading an offense that's really boring, really frustrating to watch. To your point, I do think they could have, you know, upgraded their offensive line depth a little bit more in free agency, but I do think they did get better. Yeah, from the, the, the starters on the offensive line are really good. Like they have the best center in football. Uh, like Rashawn Slater's a beast, but you just yeah. you just lose out on depth when you when you take this approach, but uh, of adding star players and like you, the Chargers are cursed. Like you had to know there was going to be some injuries suffered there because it just always seems to happen to them. I was thinking about this today at work. Isn't it crazy? I know it's a totally different head coach and like a lot of different things from where Herbert was a rookie, but isn't it crazy? They drafted him 10 and they didn't think he was ready. And then he like broke all those records and only he played because like their doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the lung. Like, isn't that wild to you? How weirdly this organization has handled Justin Herbert the entire time. Mm -hmm. Like I I remember he, he was what? Oh, he had to have been a senior at Oregon, right? When he left. Uh-huh. Because I remember after his junior year, or before his junior year, I should say, there was like real talk of him going like number one. And then he played two full seasons after that. And then he still went 10. And the Chargers were like, no, we don't think he's ready yet. Like, I don't get what they've done with him the entire time they've had him. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. It's... The Chargers don't usually handle stuff in, in the best way. And they changed coaching staffs too. So it's not like Anthony Lynn was a problem. We're going to fire him and be free from all this mess that he caused. Brandon yeah. Staley's still doing it. They just, they haven't gotten him around a good offensive mind though. Like like Anthony Lynn, his background was as like a running backs coach. Like he wasn't really a good offensive mind. And Brandon Staley's a defensive guy. And he brought in Joe Lombardi, who I don't think is very good. Um, and even going back to college, uh, Justin Herbert's offensive coordinator at college, uh, I can't remember his name, but he took the, he took the UNLV job after Herbert left and he started his career like one in 20 in the mountain West, like clearly a terrible coach. Like Justin Herbert just cannot be around a good offensive mind. This is super, super, super random. Do you guys remember Snoop Dogg and his son had a show on ESPN? When he went to Bishop Gorman. Yeah, I do remember the show. Do you then remember like that coach went on to be like the head coach at UNLV? Yeah, the Bishop Gorman coach. Yeah, I like you said UNLV and it like reminded me of that. And then he also like very bad, like incredibly bad. Maybe the worst college coach that there ever was. But I just thought that was funny and I hadn't thought about that in years. Yeah, that show was really anticlimactic, by the way. He, like, committed to UCLA, and then after, like, three weeks of practice, like, retired to, like, pursue a career in, like, film or something like that. And then he went back, and then he <laughs> quit again. He's an urban mire of, you know, uh, Mountain West head coaches. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Did they even – well, now I got to look it up, so – Theo, while I look this up, you give us another talking point. Um, all right. Uh talking points. Let's see what we got. Um the
All right, let's talk about the Bills, I guess, because I think the Jets kind of exposed some issues with the Bills. Big issues. That's like kind of something I was at least glad that I'm kind of glad that those issues got out of the way, but um, wasn't something Gabe, I expected though. Yeah, Gabe Davis, it kind of seems like it, all right. So if you get him against the Steelers or the Chiefs, and he's up against like an Akella Witherspoon or Rashad Fenton, like he'll produce, he'll get touchdowns. But if you put a good corner on Gabe Davis, he's just he just goes missing from the game for sixty minutes. Um, if he's not running a deep route, I don't ever see him uh, produce anything. Yeah, his hands are also terrible. Um, Was he second in league in drops? Yeah, and I thought he like he made some pretty good catches. I feel like that I remembered like in his earlier tenure with the Bills. But like when you look at his numbers, like his catch percentage is always low. And now, like the more I'm paying attention to it, like his his technique catching the ball is bad. Like instead of like letting the ball to come to his hands, he almost like claps and like tries to squeeze the ball. Like he's I I don't know. I'm just I was expecting him to break out this year. It's not happening. So give me Odell Beckham. One issue I had with uh, Gabe Davis last week was on that deep 70-yard uh, throw that Allen made to him after he hurt his elbow, it was right in his hands, and he let it bounce right off him. We would have been in field goal range and potentially tied it up. Yeah, he let that come into his chest. You either, yeah. you, have to, you either have to make a stronger play on the ball there or try to sell the defensive pass interference, and he didn't do either. I mean, that was a dime too like yeah, you can't get a better throw than that uh-huh and then i don't know the bill the bill's rush d is definitely something that's looking a little concerning at the moment i can't believe you bring in tim saddle daquan uh, jones and jordan phillips and your run d is still this bad mm-hmm. like you this is the same team that stopped derrick henry week was two or three to only 16 yards yeah, I, I wonder if Milano's absence just matters that much. Like, I think it might. It probably shouldn't. Like, Matt Milano right. shouldn't be the guy that covers up everything. But it kind of seems like whenever he misses time, the defense just gets ran all over. Would you guys like more Snoop Dogg's son in high school facts? Sure. Okay, so in my research, trying to find out uh, his coach's name was Tony Sanchez. We'll get back to him. I found out that during that series, one of the games that they went to, uh, Snoop Dogg's son, Cordell Brodus, he played a game against Josh Rosen. I didn't know that. Oh, I did not know that either. Yeah, Josh Rosen was on St. John Bosco. So that's interesting. That's a fun fact. Okay, and then his high school coach was Tony Sanchez who is currently a wide receivers coach for New Mexico State. Um, last year, he was an offensive analyst for TCU, to, like a year too late. So he coached Bishop Gorman for six years. What do you lose, like two games? Two, three, five total. Oh, okay, that's more than I was thought. His most winning year at UNLV, he won five games. He went 20 and 40 total. And this is like. They let him hang around for five years. Yeah, this is Jim Fisher light, like in the desert. Three and nine, four and eight, five and seven, four and eight, four and eight. 
<laughs> and it sounds like they like reluctantly let him go too. Yeah, five years of that. I mean, that's what you get for hiring a guy who like coaches a high school team in Las Vegas that has like the Packers logo just with a different color. Oh yeah. Who who would have thought that we would have brought up that show today? <laughs> Not me. Snoop and Son, man. That, that that's really what I thought the name of it was. I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to say it. No. That's huh. absolutely correct. All right. I mean I'm the only one technically keeping track. So do you guys want to eliminate a team from the playoffs? Oh yeah, I forgot that we do this still. Shame. <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna go with an easy one just because you know, low hanging fruit. I'm sorry, I'm still loyal to the horseshoe, but the Colts are not making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. All right, I go next, then, or do you have one, Theo? Uh, I got mine ready, but you can go ahead. All right. I am eliminating the Rams from the playoffs. It's very tough to do, but right now they're third in division behind the four and four Niners and six and three Seahawks. I don't see them being able to climb up the standings in what seven or eight more weeks. Yeah, they're just they, for the people at well. for the people at home that, that aren't keeping score. But let's just say you are. This means. The 80,000 follower man himself, the Honda driving man himself, this former Seat Geek mm. deal guy, the Bet US guy, thinks that either the Seahawks or Cardinals are representing the NFC West. Seahawks. Eh, I don't see it, but that's just me. They're playing hot football right now. It's, you've never been high on Geno Smith, though, so I can't. Because it's going to come crashing down. It may come crashing down, but it might be too late for the Niners or the Rams. They're like the Rams are what three and five, and the the Seahawks are five and three, six and three. Seahawks six are and six three. and three. The Seahawks right. have some has some easy games left. Yeah, very how many times easy. do they have to play the Rams and the 49ers, though? They are they played the Niners once and lost. They they play the Niners again at home on a Thursday night, and then they have two games against the Rams. Yeah, so there you go. Could the be Seahawks are better than the, the Rams suck. Yeah, I, I can't believe how bad the Rams are. Andrew Whitworth retiring set that offense back like five years. Yeah. They, I can't believe a 38-year-old Andrew Whitworth could do that, honestly. The, yeah, they couldn't run the ball in the playoffs last year, um, and they were still winning, and then they, the run game's even worse this year, and the pass game is also bad they just suck yeah to get back to uh, our Seahawks talk with um, Steven they play the Raiders worst Panthers, defense in the league yeah Panthers, Panthers team. Jets which that might be a good game actually and the Buccaneers next week or this week there's your Sunday night game Steven though the, uh, the Geno revenge game is it in MetLife or is it in Seattle? Seattle. Yeah, they may do it because Seattle. Cause they hate New York. Uh, TB, what's your team? All right. I was really high on this team before the season, so I hate to concede. 
Um, but all the reasons I was high on them have come crashing down. That's the Saints. Uh, I thought Jameis was going to have a big year, and then he broke his back week one. Um, and I thought they were going to have a good receiving core with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Olave. But Michael Thomas doesn't ever play football. Jarvis hasn't really been playing. Um, and Chris Olave is a vegetable. <laughs> pretty good vegetable. Uh, yeah, he's still produced. Uh, like, like a tomato or something. But um, yeah, they're only one game out of the division, but I just don't think they're very good. So uh, I'll be eliminating them. Uh, didn't pick Ryan Dayball's New York Giants. Bryce. Oh my God. <laughs> the rest of the time is yours. All right, I have less than a minute, so I will make it short and sweet. Everybody that lost a elite wide receiver, or most of teams, have been bad this year. Yeah, unless you have Patrick Mahomes, you probably just don't trade your elite wide receiver. I can't believe how bad 